empires of the future, the church in a time of change. Matt, is this a time of change? Definitely a time of change. <laughs> I think I said in a uh, prayer meeting yesterday, as we think about going back to normal, it's like, well, normal's gone. Whatever right. you knew a week ago, a month ago, that was normal. That's gone. It's dead. And we're now evolving into a new normal. And right. so, which is, I mean, that's life, right? It is. This has been an especially uh, strange season of normal. And, you know, here's the, the good news, I think, right now. I have been feeling this, but it really, uh, in my mind, crystallized just a couple of days ago. I kind of went, you know, look, we need to be hearing of ideas about how we're going to get out of this, what it's going to look like, uh, because we need to be thinking that way. And then thankfully it was, it was interesting because that, that day I really looked and the president's been talking about it. Governors have been talking about it. Our mayor here in Evansville has been talking about, Hey, we guys, we need to have ideas of how we're going to begin to open back up. And so really, uh, we've got a few things we're going to look at today. One is, uh, the overreaches that have happened, uh, government officials, um, second is coming out of this. A uh, couple of terms I've been thinking about: Corona exit, right? So the exit from Corona. What does that extra, look like? The extra, the exit strategy, right? Yeah. But then, uh, so there's Corona adjustments too. Because uh, <laughs> it looks like they, we would all like to imagine that this will just stop as quickly as it started, but that is only imagination. This is going to be adjustment. We. Right. We got a new virus in the world. It's not going to go away, just like our other viruses don't go away. It is an aspect of the fall that we all will have to live with, and uh, here it is. And so there will be adjustments. And then uh, you sent me this story earlier, and it is interesting thinking about uh, how this is a big challenge for Hollywood, for our entertainment industry, and it's going to entail definitely some changes for that. And so we'll mm-hmm. look at those things uh, as we go into the future. Um, but to start, there's this story that uh, Russ Douthat put out. It's an opinion in the You're New York Times. You're a big fan of his. I do. I like him. Yeah. I read him I just uh, realized that was, that was the same guy you mentioned right. last week. Yeah. Uh, and so the, the story's about how there have been uh, some overreaches. Now, look, uh, both of us appreciate government and government's proper role. Uh, mm-hmm. Government's first proper role, according to the Book of Romans, is the punishment of the evildoer. That's why we have governments. And, and in that way, government guarantees the safety of people, right. which is important. And I, I, don't, I would be surprised at, uh, at the number of people uh, who have thought uh, before this at what a role the government has in trying to protect people because mm-hmm. uh, people did adjust, it seems, to, to this idea that I guess the government's going to tell me where to go and where, where to be and how long to stay there. Um, people have certainly been afraid of this. And so we appreciate government in its proper role. But he outlines in the story that there have been some overreaches. Have you read, had you read about these before this much? I mean, I've followed along, um, you know, as people have noticed uh, police officers arresting people. Uh, Actually, I saw a story that uh, a couple had a wedding and they uh, broke some of the quarantine mm. rules, and they were arrested. Oh, my. And their wedding, the woman was in her wedding really? dress. I did and, not see that. And uh, put into the car. And I guess this is a, a state-by-state thing, right? Some uh-huh. some police officers are arresting people as they drive, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have a – they're not going to an essential place mm-hmm. that they're getting ticketed or you know, arrested. Um, and I'm guessing certain states have these 
certain protocols going on in other states like the South or Oklahoma or they, you know, different, totally different. Right. Laws. My understanding is that about two thirds of those states have stay at home orders and then uh, around a third kind of more rural states. You could think about the Dakotas, yeah. which look, yeah. they're quarantined all the time. That's right. <laughs> like, I'm from a pretty rural area, but in a non necessarily a non-rural state, yeah. Illinois, but these six, states, feet, six feet away from the cows, please. Right. right, right. right, right. They stay <laughs> away from people in general, like to quarantine people to their families. This is laughable. Yes. In these places. Yeah. These Wyoming. Places. I drove. Through, have you ever driven through Wyoming? Mm-hmm. No. There's nothing out there but like large ranches yeah. of horses and and cows and I think cows outnumber people right. out there. So um, there's no need for any type of right. major quarantine. Right, and and that's you know that's been a big difference state by state because mm. we've all uh, kept up for the most part with the fact that New York City has been hit the hardest. Yeah. Uh, in our country, that places on the West Coast were hit. Pretty hard and have taken quite a few precautions, but nowhere uh, along the lines of New York City got yeah. there really quickly uh, and hit hit so hard that that it got out of control and then scared really scared the rest of our country into what we are experiencing. I guess I'm a little bit surprised that even some of these more rural uh, places, not not necessarily uh, talking about. North, South Dakota, Wyoming type places, but uh, to my understanding, places I think Arkansas is not on a quarantine. Oklahoma, order. I believe, is right. on, on a quarantine. Yeah. You know, and and so um, that's a little bit uneven. But uh, what this article is about is how there has been overreach in some areas, and he, he makes this statement that I thought was uh, was a good kind of lead in, and he says the skeptic's determination to catalog every petty tyranny inflicted in the name of quarantine is an important public service, not just because overreach always needs critics, but because petty tyrannies today are obstacles to the adaptation we need to get to semi-normalcy tomorrow. Look, uh, one of the most dangerous things about leaving behind the Christian worldview is you forget that we are all in danger of abusing power. Mm-hmm. Sure. Every human being. We yeah. all have power. Right. And we all, if we think no one is watching and that we might not pay for it, we all mm-hmm. have temptation to abuse power. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a reality in so many areas. And so it shouldn't be a surprise to us that uh, public officials will not only have the temptation to abuse power, but might do it. Mm-hmm. But what, what has to happen in a fallen world is that you call anyone who abuses power on the carpet and you say, listen, you've got to stop right there. Your power, if you're a government official, you've been given power for the common good and and this is where you should stop. And so uh, a thing that he mentioned that I hadn't heard is British police. This one is so far to me that I I, I am sad for the British populace. Um, But British police have been following or, or hunting down families that are going to less populated parks or uh, kind of like nearby wilderness areas and then they're finding these people and saying, hey, what are you doing here? You know, you gotta, you gotta get back home. Mm-hmm. And I think this is uh, in, in a society where having very many kids especially, you know, is, is not the norm. Man, I think this is a lack of understanding of what you kind of have to do if you have right. small children or children. Yeah. All. And it's mostly like Britain, you know, a nation that it rains a lot there. 
to have a beautiful day is a right. celebrated event, right? Because it's not <laughs> like it happens all the time. Right. And so, you know, being outside, being in gardens or parks and things like that are very much a part of dealing with what's going on. And, and I know he kind of talks about the need of, during the Spanish flu, I guess, that sunlight yep. helped. Yeah. And so um, I don't know if governments are unable to, to adjust to what's going on. All right, we, we've learned some things. However, because of psychology, not just simply health-based or, or uh, um, you know, virus-based studies, but also psychology-based studies, if we're going to get through this as a, as a society, we have to allow people to get outside, to go walks, to, to take picnics with some safety. Yes. I think that they're just not adjusting to these needs and are allowing, I guess, a certain voice mm -hmm. really to primarily set policy yep. and, 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 and standards and protocols and way of doing things. And I think it's, it's harmful. Um, and I think the, the struggle... I think, especially as Christians and as church leaders, is, yeah, we support the government. We understand that it has been given the sword. We understand that it has power by God. But where's the limit to that power? Like, you know, I know Martin Luther King talks about just laws and unjust laws, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so when did it come to a point when they've taken their power to the too far? They've gone over the line. And we as people should go, okay, as the people... We need to kind of put up some barriers here. We need to right. stop you from growing your power. And we need to move back um, because a lot of people, you can't just be giving people money and, and, and say that will solve all your issues. Mm -hmm. People can just be stuck in their homes and they can watch television. They'll be fine. They can, you know, parents can homeschool their kids and that will be fine. There's just so many consequences of those decisions that you're going to have to start phasing some of these things out with some safety and obviously there's going to be some risk yep. i mean and i mean we were mentioning this earlier before we got on this like yeah it's easy just to stay in your home that will cause the virus not to grow but you can't have a society yes like that right. I and mean, it's that, impossible those are sterile empty people who are stuck in their homes right and, and it's um i've I, thankfully and, and you know who knows when we're really going to be able to look at this situation and go wow, look, what was that like? And, mm -hmm. and remember remember this, remember that. But we will come a time when we'll reflect on this. And I'm fairly certain uh, that the same thing will happen in this regard that often happens around issues of, of health, that there is a Western way to approach health, which is very piecemeal and very uh, analytical where you look at each individual part. But right. then, uh, I mean, an Eastern way, by the way, the Bible is an ancient Near Eastern book, and right. the, the word shalom means peace in, in wholeness. Mm -hmm. And so the approach here in terms of wholeness is, yes, I mean, what you said, mental health is a component of health and right. not one that you can just dismiss out right. of hand. Right. It's huge. Right. And you can't forget in the midst of trying to maintain what what is strict physical health. You can't just forget mental health. And this is an element of this. I mean, New Jersey parks are closed altogether. Yeah. They're just closed. And... That's, that's foolishness right. from not just a mental health standpoint. I mean, people who are not outside at all, the sun itself gives you some of the nutrients you need to for fight your life. the virus. You yeah. know, like, and, and this is it's just short-sighted mm -hmm. and, and not well thought out. And, and look, uh, 
I do. And, and even as we say this, we, we pray for these public officials because it's a hard job sure. to look at all of these changing factors and then to make decisions day by day by day by day. Listen, if you're in ministry at all, you know we don't make perfect decisions. Right. Where we want to, and that's a part of what's uh, really tough, I think, about being in ministry is, you know, look, you're dealing with godly things. You know that God is the one who does things perfectly, and we don't. And so you want to make the right decisions. Um, but, man, when you don't, you, you need, I mean, accountability. You need people to say to you, that's not the right way to do it. And, yeah. and, and that's exactly, I mean, thankfully we live in a representative democracy where when people who are officials do things that are wrong, we, through any means possible, speak out and say, that's not right. That's too far. I, I've really, uh, again, someone who is a poli-sci major, thinking about this politically, it, I find it fascinating right now that the more the most popular governors in our country are the ones with the most the strictest the strictest like uh, quarantine procedures, mm-hmm. and I find that fascinating. As if like more Americans are, I think I've heard that the Andrew Cuomo and the what is the governor's name Bashir right is that his name in uh, oh, Kentucky yeah, Andy Bashir are like his, their 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 conferences are like must see TV for their people in their states, mm. and I wonder you know it, it's an odd thing for Americans to, to be forced by their government to stay in their homes and people are taking that as yes like and we we think you are a great leader because you're kind of forcing us to do this. And governors that are a little more open are less popular, and it's such a weird dichotomy that's being pre- presented. In and I'm sitting back, going, uh, you know, a, a governor who says churches, people who go to a um, what are they calling this kind of a drive-by church service, right? Mm-hmm. And the the mayor of of Louisville yes. had people like arrested or stopped, kind so of. He uh, he had. Uh police officers that were supposed to take down every license plate of someone who did that. And that was uh, actually, thankfully, stopped. Yeah. Uh, that went uh, before a judge, and he was told he can't do Who, that. Who, the thought that, this, we're not talking about, like, this isn't Portland, Oregon. This is Louisville, Kentucky, right, right, right. where right now, well, right. would have been right now, together for the gospel right. conference, would have been in Louisville. Right. And the, the thought that, forcing people not to be able to go and they're going to stay in their cars, they're not going to interact with anyone, that that was, they'd be breaking quarantine laws or that'd be harmful for public health is absurd. Yeah. Like it's completely absurd. And, but yet a governor stating that, Hey, you have to stay in your home, stay in your home. is seen as the more popular view. And it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting how we have kind of evolved as a country where you, if you had the founding fathers in the early, they would have saw that as like, you know, pitchforks and yeah. how dare you tell us what we can and cannot do. But now we've come to a point in 2020, 2020 where we see that as, oh, but they're protecting us. They're watching over us. Yeah. They're, they're, they're trying to protect our health. It's like, but they're potentially breaking your rights as citizens, right? Right, and that's a tension that, we live in the only reason I think it has not occurred to some people is that until you have a desire that is ready to take action to where you would go all right I want to go out and then you have a government telling you oh I'm sorry what you think you want is not what's best for you so we we're not going to let you go out there and I just think it hadn't got to that point yet everyone I, I I hope will realize 
look, our lives are lived in tension, but this is a tension that I think is kind of new to us because we've been adapting for years and years and years to going like, well, apparently they have our safety right. in mind. Yeah. And you know, okay, but listen, um, we cannot be people who just assume that any government entity is right all the time. Uh, that is... That is uh, our country was founded by a group of people who went, no, 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 this, this government is not appropriate, and that's why we get to rebel. No taxation without representation and all these other uh, catchphrases that started this country. But I really think that a certain set of people uh, have not yet had the impulse to go, oh, well, I want to go and do something and have the government... Because until you have that impulse and then you go, but I can't go outside, then all of a sudden it's, it's not yet a, a really inflamed tension inside of you. But when you do have that, and, and you know, I think just given that uh, I'm sure uh, people who are libertarians have been very stressed out yeah. by this whole thing, and you should be, yeah. because what we have talked about, really, this is a, one strange thing about this. We have talked about uh, a brave new world and being watching out for... Uh, an overreaching state. This has given us some lessons. I think if any of us will pay attention, this has given us some lessons about how we can get very quickly to an overreaching state. But then the big question comes, what happens when you push back against an overreaching state? Do they back up? Because if they don't, you need to be very concerned. Yeah. I I wanted those two other pieces of uh, news into this. and I didn't send this to you, uh, but I wanted to present it because... Um, number one is it, it seems like there are some countries out there that are approaching this differently mm-hmm. than a lot of the other Western countries. And I want to talk about Sweden, Sweden, which is, and I lived in Sweden. I jokingly said on Facebook that I was moving back to Sweden, right, right. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> and, and people it, thought you were serious. And my friends, my, one of my friends in Sweden <laughs> thought I was moving back to Sweden. And I said, David, I'm not moving back. I would, you know, love Sweden and would love wait, to wait, move back. Hold on, you mean to tell me that jokes are often lost over social media? I know, right? <laughs> and and so, um, but if you don't know, Sweden has to- taken a totally different approach to this. They have um, restaurants are still open. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you've never been to Sweden, uh, Sweden is a small mom and pop coffee shop mm-hmm. center. Starbucks is not in Sweden. There's not one Starbucks in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um, but and so that all the coffee shops, all the cafes are still open. Uh, elementary type schools are still open. Universities, I think, are closed, but um, not um, kind of primary type schools. Mm-hmm. Um, all these things are open. Uh, they have limited um, public gatherings of 50 people. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the economy is still running. Uh, they have projected that they'll probably lose about 4%. Like oh, they've wow. kind of, uh, and the, one of their, one of their, their chief scientists who was, who was interviewed says, you know, this is the approach that we are taking. We're not saying necessarily that the approach that the Americans or the British or the Germans are, are doing is wrong. We believe this is best for us. Mm-hmm. And we think it's more, um, we can do this for a long period of time, oh. which was a fascinating statement. Yes, because they don't have their adjustment is not as 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 extreme mm-hmm. as the corona adjustment or the exit of this, because they can kind of slowly uh, phase this thing out far less far easier than we can now, mm-hmm. right? Um, and their their case to death ratio is a is less than the United States. Now, there's less people, I get that, but it's less even than France and Germany. 
And are they not as aged as, say, Italy or uh, Spain? They're, they're similar. They're not as much. But if, if you've done any population growth uh, studies in Western Europe, most of Western Europe is pretty down in their population. There's more older people in Germany and also in Sweden. Um, it's one of an interesting studies of, like, why. One of the, we don't want to get down this rabbit hole, but one of the reasons why a lot of Western European countries like Germany and Sweden have allowed a lot more migrants into their country is because they need They're the young workers. Yeah. Uh, there's an, actually an essay out there that if you want to produce like, economic growth, you need young workers. Yep. And so there's kind of a, a study of this. And so if you're, if you're waning in your academic growth, it's probably because you don't have enough population growth. And a lot mm -hmm. of Western European countries and Japan and South Korea are countries that have extremely low population growth. And, um, and so anyways, um, it's a fascinating, like, study. And I think Swedish people are interesting in the sense that they very much support their government. Mm -hmm. They're very, um, they're not ones to protest very often against their, their government and their government. This is, their government is very, uh, they're different, their welfare system. They have far more liberal policies when it comes to uh, welfare, like um, Social Security and healthcare and things like that. But this approach is far more, you would think, an American country would do. Like, far more, like, uh, conservative in this view of, we're going to set this policy, we're going to let restaurants stay open, we're going to have economic growth. Very more market-driven than this crazy kind of mindset of, no oh, public health only, public health only. Um, it's an interesting, like, uh, kind of experiment that five or ten years after this, when we can look at this, we can look at Sweden and look at some of the other countries and see who was right and who was wrong, right, yeah. uh, and their decisions. But even nations like Austria are starting to start – they've made decisions. They're going to start phasing some of these quarantine lockdown procedures starting, I think, this week. They mm -hmm. started phasing some of these things out. And I haven't really – we're starting to hear this now by the president and by governors. They're going to start thinking about ways to phase this out. But no concrete – I don't know of any concrete uh, strategy or schedule – Unlike Austria and some of the other European countries, they have a concrete phase-out strategy. Like, mm -hmm. this day we're going to do this, right. this day we're going to do that, and by this day we're going to do that. And it's just surprising for America, who's kind of been the leader in the democratic world, right? Yeah. And we're just so far behind um, some of these other countries in thinking through some of these, how do we exit this? How do we get the country back running? How do we get the economy back running? Yeah. And it seems like some of the voices I'm hearing that are more pronounced are, we don't know. This can go on for 18 months, and we'll we'll start giving out. I heard today they're gonna there's a, a bill being discussed of giving people two thousand dollars a month, oh, wow. as a as a kind of a stimulus money for the some unknown wow. future. Like what is right. that is just absurd. Is the, the way that the the country cannot stay in lockdown mm -hmm. for another two months. Right. So there will be, and my, my guess about what's going on there is that I think there will be plans along those lines that will be coming out uh, soon. Yeah. And, and if, if not, I think, that, I think that people need to be requesting more than we're getting because, like you said right at the outset, we're, uh, we're so far into this that new normals have been developed, but mm -hmm. those new normals include no forecasting whatsoever. And there are people who might say, oh, well, you don't want to forecast and then have to change your forecast. No, I'm at the point, we need to 
here some ideas about how we're going to exit out of this. And if we need to adjust and push that back a couple weeks or even a month, okay, I can get behind that, but don't tell me nothing. Right. And, and I mean, mostly what we've heard so far is we'll just sit, be at home, and wait. I thought it was a mistake um, that the governor of Indiana basically came out and said we're going to cancel schools for the rest of the year in the beginning of April. I just think that that mindset of we're just going to assume the whole year is done, I think is – I didn't think it was good leadership. I know obviously other states are doing the same thing, so it's not like he stands alone. But this view that we're just going to – we're going to cancel three months out without any knowledge of right. forecasting, why not just cancel a few weeks and see where we are? And then the hope or the goal is to start phasing this thing out, not just we're just – we're going to assume everything's going to be on lockdown for two, three more months. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's just, I, I don't, I just think that's bad leadership. And it doesn't give the, the country or the, or the society who's trying to move with this. Right. What do I do with money? What do I do with health care? What, what do I do with my child care? How do you yeah. make those decisions if you're just going, it's, we're done for three months? Right. And, and the, one way to summarize that is uh, I think that there has been, too much what you can call negative planning, uh, things that we can't do, and not enough thought about, well, people are going to have to do something. Right. Uh, so, for instance, uh, Michigan's governor, uh, this is Gretchen Whitmer, uh, closed lawn. That's so crazy. <laughs> uh, lawn care uh, and paint section. So if you go to a Home Depot in uh, Michigan, you're going to have cordoned off the, the lawn and garden section and the paint section. And... This, this is uh, foolish. Oh, it makes no sense. You can be outside doing yard work. It's one of the few things that is just straightforward. Right. And not only that, if families can't be painting inside of their house right now, what what can they be doing? I mean, and and even it was mentioned in the article. You know, look. People, if they want to make extra money, they could go and work for other people doing landscaping. You're by yourself moving rocks. If the rocks are going to give you the coronavirus, then, man, we're in big trouble. They're not. So uh, I I thought that was a powerful point. And and things that – look, I know that the governors have a lot on their plate, but you have to allow room for what will people be doing for these times. And this park situation and things like this, it just shows there's not enough thought going into. Uh, No, you're a a person who – understands how governors hear from people, how public officials hear from people. And look, these are the kind of situations where they need to be told, look, we've got to be doing something. And generally, if they can't work on that, that's why they employ other people to work under them and to kind of go keep their pulse on a situation. And somebody needs to be keeping their pulse on a situation of what can people be doing during this? Uh, Because I don't think we have adequate... uh, enough thought as to what people can What's be doing. so this. funny about that statement is in my house alone, we have bought a new lawnmower, uh, sowed new grass, put uh, fertilizer on the grass, mulched right. all our flower beds during this time. We have started painting in our house. Uh, and so, um, and thankfully the Lowe's and Home Depot, which we went to both of these for certain supplies, were able to receive money from us right. as an economic thing. So the people who are working right. at these particular <clears throat> stores get to keep their jobs, you know, because economic system is going on. There's business being had. And it just 
doesn't make sense <laughs> when you prevent when people are already going to the store in the first place, right? right. They're already there. It's not like you said that Home Depot and Lowe's can't be open right. or that it's closed. You're letting it be open, but you're just saying people can't go outside right. or they can't do something in their home, in their own private place to occupy their time, to do some work that maybe they haven't been able to do in the last year, two, three years because town to balance kids and work at the same time. Now they have all this time, and now you're saying you can't do it. It just creates more uh, stress, more anxiety, led more depression. And what kind of society are you going to have at the end of this? You're going to have one that's so damaged by this that they can't even get back to work. Right. And it's going to, you're going to have like a, an aftershock, basically, um, because of different just un, unwise and foolish decisions. Which is, that is a great uh, point to transition to the second article, because seeing a way forward, uh, there's this article that you sent me on the Gospel Coalition called The Coronavirus Calculation Every Church Must Make. Uh, we need to be thinking about a time when more of the decisions are in our hands, and we cannot. You know, when you were talking about Sweden and a difference between America and Sweden that occurred to me was that America is often talked about as uh, a group of people who rely on experts a lot. If somebody's an expert in a field, we kind of go, all right, shut up, you don't know anything. They've been to school for this. Mm -hmm. They know you don't. And I really think in a lot of European countries in particular, for whatever reason, there is a requirement that, look, for me to adjust to your way of thinking, even if you know more about it than me, you're going to have to convince me. I'm, I'm going to need to understand why. Mm -hmm. And, and really, I, I really think in, in our country, and especially I can tell you for certain, a lot of people that I know will yield to someone who has expertise and go, well, I don't know why you're right, but I'll just assume that you're right. And I think that's a, that's a danger in this situation. Uh, because you're, you're responsible for your own life. I mean, from a theological standpoint, each of us will answer for everything that we do in word and deed when we stand before God. So that's one level to just say about this. Mm -hmm. But secondly, it's just not wise to just look at people who have a different opinion and to go, well, I don't know why you hold that, nor when you explained it to me did it make sense to me, but I'll assume you're right. You just can't do that. It's just not good, solid ground to stand on. And so mm -hmm. we are going to come to a time when we have to think more for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And um, so he asked this question, what's it going to be like when we open back up? And he says that pastors and elders must lead the way. But what did he mean by that? You know, uh, it's, it's, it's great to have this conversation because we, we represent two different churches mm -hmm. who have made two different decisions about this thing, you know, um, and you've, you were surprised with a phone call from the local media about your uh, strategy or decisions in regards to worship, um, what that's going on. Um, and it's interesting because even in our context, at our church, we made a decision pretty soon that we were not going to have services here. Um, we had a, um, uh, we had an adjusted service that first week, right? We told people, hey, if you're not feeling well or you're uncomfortable, don't show up, right? But then after things changed after that and they kind of lowered the gathering number, we said, okay, we're going to do only on, we're going to do video. And so we filmed the service and then uploaded it. Um, and that's kind of the decision we made and we've kind of stuck, stuck with that uh, ongoing. Um, and we've had some people in our church that have, they've disagreed 
with us in a sense they wanted us to do like the parking lot mm-hmm. strategy right that some churches are doing kind of this um, cars drive into the parking lot they stay in their cars and the pastor or whoever is doing the service does it through a speaker system we decided not to do that because we didn't feel like we had the the right people and the, and the, and the, the we logistically we feel like we could do that right and we had some people that thought we should do that or or actually still do service in the building they say, hey, I know the government says one thing, but we're the church, and we should be able to do what we want. Um, and, and so you have this going on, even in our church, um, of disagreements. But it came to an, an, an ending result, and actually I, I wasn't involved in the conversation. We had another leader in our church who, who kind of had a conversation with a few people on this and said, hey, we need to trust our elders in regards to this. They believe that it's best for us to do it this way. And this is the way, and then they, 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 that was a good enough answer for them. Yeah. Um, and I think different pastors are coming at this issue differently, right? Um, and, and I think churches, even if, even if you're a person and, and you're a member of a church, you would rather do it like this because this is what this church is doing, mm-hmm. but your church is not doing that. I think you're put in a situation where you're just going to have to trust your elders, even to the point when we come back to this, because I know what's going to happen. Some churches, are going to be quick to come back. And some churches are going to be a little bit more hesitant to yep. come back. And what's going to happen is, is people in those churches who would wish that their church was quicker are going to be frustrated. Mm-hmm. And some some people in churches where they quickly go back to service are like, I don't know if, we're, if we should do this. So it's going to be a really a case study, I think, on are you willing, even if you disagree are you willing to follow your elders and pastors? Yeah. God has placed them in authority in your church to lead the church as servants of the church. Are you going to follow them? Are you going to are you going to disagree? Maybe, but say, you know what? I disagree, but I understand what's going on. I understand the variables, and I'm just going to follow and 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 and, and submit to the leadership of the church. And right. I think it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens. Right. So our, our situation. Uh, has a, a bit of difference in that there hasn't been any sorts of broad statement from the pastor uh, to the congregation. Uh, our senior adult director has told seniors, stay home. Yeah. I mean, it's out in every email that, uh, that Bev sends out, uh, and so our seniors stay home. In the meantime, we are meeting, and mostly our people are staying home. Yeah. There are a few people yeah. who are making their decision. Yeah. And here's the thing about this. We have become accustomed to letting government entities make this decision for us, and that's not going to hold up, and it's not even going to hold up for another couple of weeks or a month if that's what it, it's what it looks like as far as the timetable for where we're going to have at least one degree of openness again. And people, uh, we all are going to have to make decisions that, and this is the tough thing about this, is everybody, I think everybody has a natural inclination to either think about the decision of, am I going to get it more, or will I give it to someone else more? And here's the thing, whatever your natural inclination is, that doesn't indicate much about you, but all you need to know is you got to be thinking about both of those things, but then, listen, life is risk, and so you wake up, this is like so many other things in our life where we go, Lord, give me wisdom about how to live, and help me to love people with all that that means, and then to live, because I cannot live timidly or, or fearfully. Uh, that is a theme in the New Testament. 
Yes, we want to love people, but this is a virus that now exists in this world. And it's gonna, the time's going to come soon where we're all going to have to make our decisions. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, there are going to be people who are very conservative about it. Um, I, I really think, though, there's going to come a time when the general public is going, well, I, you know, I guess it is what it is now, but we're still going to have to go to some of our folks and say, hey, you, please see people. Mm. Uh, because th- there are always folks who are vulnerable to living by fear. Uh, there were people living by fear before this started, and and we cannot live by fear. Look, we cannot be foolish, obviously, uh, but we can't live by fear either. And so uh, that's that's where we are. And I do think coming out of this that there will be a place, an important place, where pastors and elders do advise people, uh, especially in terms of things like, okay, are we going to handshake? Are we going to pass a plate at the service? These are these are things that we're going to have to think about as time goes on uh when when do we integrate this and and then even you know look we'll have to have some more grace with each other about people who don't want to handshake hug whatever um i'm sure there's gonna be plenty of people who don't want to fist bump i'm sure there's gonna be plenty of people for a while who don't want any physical contact and you know grace with each other that that we go you know look if that's if that's where you are that's okay Mm -hmm. Uh, but we do we are the people who share life together and we've got to learn to do that and, um, and, you know, as a person uh, who doesn't like awkwardness, look, there's some awkwardness to this, but that's awkwardness yeah. is a part of life. We'll just have to work through it, yeah. have grace with each other, uh, and, and push that It'll way. be interesting, kind of, I, I'm thinking about this when you're talking, it's like, you know, uh, what, are, what are elders or, or church leaders going to do if perhaps they, as they recommend, maybe smaller groups, right? So if you have a church of like 300 people and you said, okay, to make a smaller group of people to lower the chance that you'll get exposed, we'll have four different services, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then in the back of the mind, the elders just may go, but it would just be easier just to do the video then, right? Then you don't have to do four different services. And though now you're fighting for what's most important, practicality, mm-hmm. meaning we just do a video and boom, bada bing, or does the staff have to do four separate services? Right. What is going to be priority in this situation, as someone like myself who thinks the gathering of believers is important, you're like, well, I guess we're doing four services. I'm preaching four sermons. It's right. like, well, that seems silly to only have like 20 people in here to do right. a sermon. But then you think about what's, what is important. It's, again, gathering of believers right. and the worshiping together. And if that's the way that it has to be, right. then that maybe is how we have to do it. Right? And, and those are things we have to be thinking about, even if it's just for, say, the first week, because I'm fairly convinced that, you know, so for instance, right now, the number is 10 is what the advised number in, in our state is that that you should not have more than 10 people in one place. And given that they've talked from the beginning that this isn't going to be a V-shaped recovery, I would expect the first move will be something like 20. We're going to be at 20 people. That's probably the number, and then we may have a couple weeks of that, and then go to something like 40 or or who knows. Um, And so we have to be thinking about these things because it's going to come, uh, I think, quickly as far as we're not going to have this information for a month or two before we want to start acting on it. And so you don't want to get complacent and not have thought through how to prepare your people and and how to encourage your people because this is not just about information this is about shepherding people and and walking with people through <laughs> through their fears if there is anything you have experienced in counseling ever you know that it's one thing to say oh that fear you have well that's 
that's bunk. Don't worry about it. Okay, that doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. We have to walk with people through yeah. fears. And all fears look foolish in general to other people who don't share those fears. But uh, fears are not rational. Okay, so uh, so we'll just have to walk together through this, and uh, and there's fruit. And it's there. so it's just an interesting dynamic because I, you, know, you know, my grandfather because he came to First Southern for mm -hmm. a little bit, but you know, having that generation who's more. Um, uh, they're they're the ones that we're really wanting to protect. Well, they're like, ugh. you know, once the church is open, I'm there. Right. Yeah, I'm showing thirty minutes early just right. to show my defiance. You know, mm -hmm. it's the younger, like millennials, right. generations. These are going to be more cautious. They're like, I don't know. Like, we'll just stay at home. You know, we'll watch it on video just to make sure. Mm -hmm. And they're less. <laughs> they're the, they're more safe of yep. the two groups, and it's just an interesting generational study. The way people, uh, you have generations that are more prone to fear, more prone to worry, and yeah. and, and more prone to cautious, being more cautious. And another generation, like baby boomers, or uh, kind of the 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 more greatest generation, they're like, hey, you know, we survived worse, <laughs> you know, and they're they're gun ho, and they can't wait to get back yeah. back to normal. So, yeah, that that'll be interesting. Who's who's the quickest in the door once this whole thing gets lifted? Absolutely. Well, let's shift to the last uh, section here, and that is, this has been a really different challenge uh, for our entertainment industry. Uh, it has been really odd for me. I, I don't know why it strikes my mind as so odd, uh, but to, to turn on YouTube, I, I'm not a person who kind of watches any of kind of late night shows anymore. There was a time, uh, honestly, I look back very... Uh, happily at watching Johnny Carson with oh, wow. my grandma. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Johnny Carson, uh, head and shoulders above. Uh, no, I, Ed McMahon, right? Ed McMahon? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I think Johnny Carson, that whole era was a great era for late night TV, and I'm just not uh, into and haven't been for probably 20 years to any of the shows that are on later on at night. But I have on YouTube seen things like, all these people are at home. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jimmy Fallon, I'll watch a YouTube video of Jimmy Fallon now and then, and that guy's at home, mm -hmm. and all his producers appear to be at home, and then whoever he connects with, they're just doing it through Zoom or through some form of, uh, of voice chat that way. Um, did you know that SNL did an SNL at home? Right. Well, Tom Hanks was the host, right? Tom Hanks was the host, right. and he made a funny comment. He's like, yeah, you see a lot of celebrities in their homes. Yeah, maybe not as nice as this one. Kind of, kind of like a jab. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but he, he really is kind of you know, celebrity royalty, right? <laughs> right. But there have been, there are areas where Hollywood is looking at this, and it is an enormous challenge for Hollywood oh, to yeah. create content. But it's uneven, right? So which areas have been especially hard hit? Well, you know, Netflix is is grown in their subscriptions, um, and I'm going to assume like. Um, you know, Hulu, and obviously people are getting Amazon. So streaming is huge. Yeah. Streaming, and Disney has grown. Disney yes. Plus has grown far faster than they than they um, expected. And they don't have a lot of content, a lot of original content, mm -hmm. you know, that they've been able to produce mm -hmm. to put on the on the on the on Disney Plus. And so we're like Netflix has all this original content that mm -hmm. they. I mean, the big the big show that I have not watched, didn't watched it, is the. The Tiger King, the Tiger King show. Yes. That that was original content that they had already produced. Right. That was like ready to be devoured, right? When those, when all this happened, Disney Plus doesn't have that, um, and so they're kind of they're far behind. And right. I think some of the other uh, HBO Max, I think NBC, their Peacock, 
um, they don't have a lot of original content ready yet. Right, so they've got they these. Just trying to get on this bandwagon. These these big companies have been trying to make this shift for a yep. while, and they they were kind of caught uh, at this stage where they've been gathering some content, uh, but they're not quite ready, especially to roll out new original content. Yeah, in this article that I sent you in the Wall Street Journal about, like, they have a few shows um, on, I don't know if it's HBO Max, about flight attendant, this kind of new drama that they were going to produce, and uh, they obviously had to shut down that production, and other productions that have had to be shut down, because you can't do any type of acting or any mm -hmm. type of movie or film production going on right now. So these these entities are really struggling, and there's no there's no ad money, right? I mean, like there's um, if you're not having new exciting events, like that's one of the interesting things about sports. Sports are these huge events, like March Madness. Right. It's not simply like people think, okay, it's a basketball tournament. It's far more than that, right? It's it, you're. You're simplifying it too far. There's there's businesses that use those platforms and events for ads. Mm -hmm. And if right. you don't have those platforms for ads, you don't make any money off of that. And then, of course, CBS doesn't have the ad money that they're going to make from this. So all these major industry, all these, you know, these networks who were expecting the masters and these other big events don't have them right. whatsoever. They have no ways to showcase any ads. And so... Everyone's kind of uh, struggling as there's just no content for people to put ads. I mean, Netflix, it's easy for Netflix. They're not, they're not selling ads yeah. for their shows. I mean, you just buy a subscription and there you go. Um, and so, and one of the, I know this is, this is, you know, a Marvel movie was supposed to come out, what, in May? Yes. Uh, and Black, Black Widow. Widow yeah. Which Disney was going to make, what, millions upon millions upon millions of dollars uh, on that movie. And they've had to, basically put it on the shelf and wait until 2021. And so, uh, and I know we're going to talk a lot about Disney maybe during this because Disney is really the, the huge entertainment right. company, right? I mean, movies, uh, now TV shows, the park, and they're losing money right. at a rapid pace. And that's, that's something that I think is really hard uh, for the average consumer to get their head around that when you get a company as unbelievably huge as Disney is now, yes, the profit is enormous, but that machine is consuming massive amounts of money right. every day because they employ so many oh, people yeah, who yeah. are producing content. Oh, yeah. And they employ the best people. If you employ the best people, you're going to be spending a lot of money oh, to the keep them. And so... Companies like this, it's not as if um, they keep these billions of dollars in reserve, especially, I mean, to be shut down for five weeks like this and to go, okay, not only do we not have five weeks of revenue, it's not as if we're just going to go, oh, uh, next week we'll just make everything that we expected. It, it's getting the machine up and going again. Mm -hmm. And and so... The, yeah, they pushed... They push off on this right. massive factory, and you can't just simply get that factory back up in a matter of seconds. Right. And so it's odd uh, because, so for instance, you mentioned uh, theaters. Movie theaters are one of the, probably actually the scariest uh, place right now because already, uh, already this is something that 
in some ways it looks like it was in a sundown era that it, it seems that by the time say you and I have grandkids they might look at movie theaters the way we look at drive-in theaters right. oh yeah that's charming something um, that people sure. used to sort of do sure um, and, and, and you know uh, cultural uh, cultural movement has been towards sitting on your couch and watching any number of thousands of shows that you have access to on all these streaming services. Meanwhile, movie theaters are kind of more expensive. And I mean, I've been wondering <laughs> as the years go by and TVs keep getting bigger that, that are and, and more affordable. This is probably the more shocking thing is that not just that they keep getting bigger, but what you pay for an enormous TV. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I grew up and admittedly, we were not well off, but I grew up playing Nintendo games, original Nintendo games on a black and white TV that is like a 15-inch screen, mm -hmm. you know, at my oh, yeah, grandmother's sure. house or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And that, you know, you'd fight. Like, sometimes you'd get to play on the big TV, and I was like, what? Yeah, this that is was amazing. A, that was an event. Um, yeah. And to think, you know, I mean, where we are now, what I am, where I am right now with, what is it, a 55-inch TV? Yeah, that's I what I have at home, I have. yeah. And you yeah. just kind of go, yeah, I mean, most people I know have these. Well, then... Here's the thing. I mean, I have friends who are uh, sound gurus or, you know, they just love having that thousands of dollars sound system in their house and so that they still love to go to the theater to hear the subwoofers that are, you know, those things. That is a, an incredibly expensive sound system. But the average person kind of goes, you know, I can approximate a movie theater kind of, in my home, and so I'm pretty satisfied. Yeah. And so we don't know if the theater's going to come back exactly at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. or meanwhile, if they do come back, that it very well might be that they come back and they make a shot at it and that they kind of go, look, we're hurting, and there's no sign now that we're going to uh, really come out of this. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah I've, I've heard that, you know, AMC, which we have here on the west side, um, who knows if that movie theater will open back up again mm -hmm. and um and, you know you drive by movie theaters there's a lot of cars in the parking lot i think people still think hey we got nothing going on hey let's go see whatever movie right. and um and so people will do that kind of get out of their home do something uh with other people that you don't talk but yeah. it's something we do like we go to places with other people we don't talk we watch a movie right yeah. um but it is it, we just have no idea at the end of this thing who are the winner and losers. Yeah. And we could be saying six months from now that Disney has made a – Disney, this behemoth. Like the, if you look at top ten grossing movies of each year, they have eight or nine on the list, mm -hmm. right? could be a shell of itself. You know, It could be that they've had to sell off something. Um, they've had to diversify. Did they've, you tell me they've taken out loans? So yeah, they, so they're losing. What I read, they're losing thirty million dollars a day. So they um, they have a billion dollar credit line, I think, with a bank of some wow. sort. Um, now, obviously, they could sell more of their shares, and they sure. can they can actually uh, get more money. But um, who knows? When it comes to the board of directors, and you have shareholders, what decisions? They're about making profit and money. They're not about necessarily producing the best content, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're about profit. They're a business. And if they realize, hey, you know, yes, we've had ESPN since the 70s, but, hey, we can't afford this anymore. Yeah. Let's get rid of this sports pro program, and we'll – and then you have Amazon or Apple mm -hmm. or Google 
who are buying up sports contracts. And so instead of watching, I'm a big college football fan, instead of watching Tennessee versus Alabama on ESPN, we're watching online on Apple or on Google or on, on Amazon. That was the way things were moving anyways. And this may have just pushed it completely there. Uh, and so you have like household names like ESPN, right? For people like myself, it was like two channels that mattered. It was like ESPN and maybe like one of like ABC or Fox. Mm-hmm. For maybe five years from now, there is no ESPN. You get it from some streaming right. company. So, yeah. and then they're the ones making these big budget movies, mm-hmm. you know, because they have so much other industries that they're bringing a lot of money. And so the the next big Superman movie or Batman movie is not made by Fox or, you know, whoever owns DC. It's Amazon or it's Apple or it's uh, Google or Microsoft. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's probably where things were going, and this may have, you know, kind of put us down, accelerated it faster. Yeah, and it was interesting to read in this article that, um, so animation is doing great. Because animation can be parted out. Yeah. I I hadn't thought about this at all, that, that, you know, you're... Your people who are drawing and animating in all these various ways, computer generating images, yeah. uh, are in one place and they can do their work, send it in, get it approved or not. And uh, your people who are doing the voice work, that that the physical space is really the big problem when you have to have the actor on a set with all the camera people and multiple people who are going to be obviously acting together. We just can't do that right now. And so this unique situation has meant that I I read in there that they have increased uh, requests for animation because they can do animation, that The Simpsons has been releasing new shows and that all anything that is animation, by the way, no surprise, uh, calls for children's animation have risen during this. Uh, My kids have been watching... uh, shows that we have on DVD and things, uh, but we, I, I guess the only thing that I can say uh, for myself that's good in this situation is I'm, I'm a fairly natural stockpiler, uh, and so I've had large libraries of DVDs and things that, hey, this is what we've been doing. We have just one or two uh, streaming services, but we've been watching, uh, mostly my boys have been watching like 80s cartoons still. Chippendale Rescue Rangers is happening right now. It's, a, it's great, and... Um, so th- there, are, there are things uh, that are there, but I had not thought at all that animation is something yeah. that they can do completely separate. Yeah. It, it is a weird... It, it, things that we uh, hold dear, especially depending on who you are and what you've grown to love, but, you know, I, I'm not huge into a lot of, like... I mean, I watch certain movies and stuff, but I'm not a huge, like, Marvel fan. And mm-hmm. I've even found out myself I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. Like, I like the concept. I like, I'll yeah. watch it, but I'm not gonna like go see it the first time it comes out or anything like that um but i'm a huge like sports fan and Mm -hmm. i'll I'll, my wife put on facebook yesterday i was watching an old tennessee football game from like the 90s or something right on youtube it was like the whole game was i was watching the whole thing and some of the the some of the the other other side things about what are being affected by this is sports right and what is the college football landscape going to be like when it comes August you may think well it's just football it's not just football you've got in Knoxville Tennessee alone uh, which is you know where University of Tennessee is um, restaurants uh, hotels make all their money in the fall mm-hmm. if you don't have football those companies are going out of business mm-hmm. um, so it's not just sports right. there's businesses and yeah. people who get their livelihood from these industries mm-hmm. 
And if those things like there's no more f- college football for a whole year, um, universities depend on that that money to be able to make budget. And so there's going to be a lot of push to want to get things back up because there's so many people that are going to be affected by this. Um, and so you're going to get, going back to kind of what we started with, you're going to get these two, these two uh, conversations of, hey, public health, public yeah. health. Yeah. But you're going to get another conversation of, I hear you, but if we don't phase these things out yeah. and we don't do it sometime soon, so, for example, college football, if they don't start phasing this thing out in the next two or three months, there's not going to be a season because they got to get ready for the season, yeah. right? you got to get, you gotta get uh, trained and in and, 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 and shape for the season. If they, if they make a decision in July, well, it's too late. You know, that whole season is now, either has to be pushed back or whatever decision has to be made. And um, there's going to be some people that are going to be saying, I don't care the risks. We, ha- we, th- we have to do this. Well, it's just football. No, 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 you don't understand. For this community, it's not just football. And so I think that's – and, of course, people in other cities in New York or Chicago are like, those crazy Southerners and their sports, look at them doing. They're all getting, gathering those stadiums to watch those sports. It's college. Not understanding some of the nuance of there's more to it than simply guys on a field playing sports. There's people whose livelihoods are connected to this, yep. and if they don't have a season – they don't have businesses. And there needs to be a better public well-being conversation happening right now because, you know, look, and I'm not a sports guy, but I know enough about uh, life in the South and in plenty of other areas that this is a means of connection for mm-hmm. people. It, it, personal connection, right. but yes, economic connection. Right. And, and that this is a part in our country of what makes society flow. And so, no, it doesn't just get in the driver's seat and drive like a truck through everything else. But really what we have done in the last couple of months is we've gone, well, public health is going to get in the driver's seat and push everything out of the way. And it's like, okay, but we can only do that for a time. Right. And we're to the point now to begin to have a conversation alongside this public health conversation about public well-being. Mm-hmm. And we, we have to have it, and, and it has to exist in the minds of any of us who are church leaders, but, but leaders of, of any kind, mm-hmm. uh, because we, we are now living in this, what is a new normal? And, and so that's fundamentally uh, huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think I would like to hear, uh, since we're talking about what is out there to watch, uh, what have you been watching? What have you been taking in? Now, I first want to ask you, you're watching these uh, these old games. Mm-hmm. So when you're watching these, there's certainly a part of it that's reliving it, but is it, uh, do you catch new details? What is it really uh, that gets you into it while you're watching these old games over again? Yeah, so um, most of it was because I don't remember every aspect oh, of the sure. game, right? So watching it afresh, you know what the end result is, but you don't know how it got there. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm re it's almost like a movie, right? Yeah. You know the ending of the movie, but you don't really know all the different things that happen in the middle. Sure. So you're kind of like refreshed to these things. Yeah. I watched one game from I think it was ninety two. Uh, and I didn't watch the game as a kid. Mm. It was like in second grade, right? I didn't watch mm-hmm. it. So I knew who won, but I was like ah, I didn't know this is how it ended. Mm-hmm. Like, so you're like, this is a surprise, right? right? right. Uh, it's almost like you heard about Star Wars. You heard there's some lightsabers and some characters, sure. but you don't really know how they all fit together. Well, that's pretty much how it was with this particular game. So, uh, and of course, I'm vestedly interested. I have caught myself cheering in the midst of this. Like, that's something, that's something right? <clears throat> um, and so that's been entertaining. I, I, 
I'll be honest, I'm not. I haven't watched a lot of television shows. Uh-huh. Um, we ended up finishing The Crown season three, which is if you want something to watch and you like politics and you like history, it is one of the best shows okay. seasons. I, the first two seasons of The Crown were okay. The third one was unbelievably good, okay. like really, really good. And I want to just kind of the the episode Moon Dust is unbelievable. Okay. And if you're, especially if you're a Christian, I want to encourage you to watch the show okay. episode because it's really it's really good. Um, so we watched The Crown, um, and I spent a lot of time watching. Uh, this is going to sh- basically again play showing my cards here. Uh, I love like uh, so I'm a big Top Gear fan, like okay, the car yeah, show. Yeah. And so there's a guy on the newest newest uh, kind of phase of the show called Chris Harris, and he's a car guy. And so he has these videos, these car videos called Chris Harris drives, and he just test drives cars for like it's a 20 minute video, and I like watch him, and he'll like test drive like Ferraris and Aston Martins and Rolls Royces and stuff, and so. Knowing you'll never get to drive that car, you get to kind of like somewhat. He goes through every aspect of the car, the interior, the engine, all this stuff. You kind of just like, oh, it's maybe really cool to drive. And so I've been watching a lot of yeah. a lot of those kind of these quick kind of short videos in the midst of things, but uh, very little like movies. I don't know if I've watched one whole movie during this whole thing. Yeah. So uh, we are not too much into movies either. I think, uh, given that we, you and I both have small children. There's just not a lot of two-hour gaps where you're kind of going, oh, I got nothing going on. Exactly Guaranteed for the next two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It doesn't yeah. really happen. No, uh, so really usually about 9 o'clock every night, usually both boys are asleep for us. So we've got like an hour. If we're both feeling not that tired, maybe it maybe a two-hour window. And so what for us that means is probably uh, an episode of something. And um, so recently, speaking of streaming, uh, I did start the one month free of CBS All Access, which was the least performing of all of these uh, streaming services, other than the ones that are very new, like the HBO. Um, and what's the other one besides HBO? That's uh, NBC Peacock. Oh, yeah, the Peacock, the NBC's. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, and so I got that, and I, a lot of people know that I'm a big survivor nerd. Oh, wow, I yeah. Watch you know, uh, and it's, it's, it's similar to sports in that people, I, I run into people who are like, but it's already out there who's going to win. It's like, well, but I don't know. Yeah. And so I can easily watch all the drama unfold. But I love the game uh, to, to see people. Play. I love the mini games that are in there. I love the, uh, the reward challenges and the immunity challenges. I love the social aspect of the game. My wife and I talk about what people do and whether it was a good move or a bad move. Um, and so, by the way, on CBS All Access, you have... Probably, I think, every season of Survivor available on there. But then the main reason that I did go after CBS All Access is I have to watch Star Trek Picard. Whether or not the reviews haven't been glowing, but I am not a guy. uh, It is not wisest, in my view, to let other people determine for you whether a show is good. I'm happy to take parts of it. And if the whole thing isn't what you want, well, you know, uh, and especially as a person who looks at the whole of Star Trek and just goes, my peak is... So far, the next generation, I'm um, not an old, old Star Trek guy. Uh, I think after the next generation, they kind of went, oh, well, let's try some other things. And I think the longer it went, the less they are understanding of what the Star Trek formula is. And so um, I'm nearly done with Star Trek Picard, and and, uh, and that one's been a solo. <laughs> I've been watching that one pretty much by myself. Um, but then uh, Blue Bloods as well. Mm-hmm. I, I like Blue Bloods, so we have a couple of seasons on there. 
uh, that we are into yeah. in addition to still working on The Mentalist. I guess The Mentalist has been put on the back burner since yeah. that one is on Amazon Prime and we have that. Yeah. Um, but there are there are some shows. And, you know, yeah. look, be, be thankful that we have opportunities like one month free because, look, in a, a time like this, yeah. one month, you can take in a lot of content in a month. Yeah, uh, you know, um, <laughs> if you want to – it depends on what your taste is, but there's so much content out there for you to kind of – there's uh, on Netflix if you like kind of like sports related documentaries. Um, if you really like cars, like the they have one on about Formula One. It's like mm-hmm. the second season of it, and uh, it's really enjoyable to watch. Um, and it's so funny. I was talking to my brother, and they have a Formula One race in Austin, Texas. And mm-hmm. then the United States, it's a grand, the United States Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, me and my dad and my brother have already talked about hey, we've got to go to the Austin. You know, to the the American Grand Prix because watching this this show because you don't know like watching some of these documentary type shows could produce like a new hobby you just can't wait to go do yeah sure once this is all over right if it's a uh, if it's climbing if it's um, you know exercising or strengthening like lifting weights or whatever it is that you mm-hmm. watch you're just kind of catching yourself you're watching this these documentaries or whatever about certain hobbies and you're kind of like oh man I can't wait to go do X once this is all over. So it could produce a little bit of looking forward because there's a lot of, very little of looking forward because we don't know what forward is. Right. So uh, so that's kind of cool, kind of catching up on like what we're watching and hopefully uh, you do have some subscriptions to some things that you can watch some of the stuff that's out there because there's some good stuff out there in the midst of all this. So uh, is that it? That's that all we got? All right. So this has been Empires of the the Future and we'll see you next week. Absolutely.